Praise the Lord. This is Bradulas again. We are now we are going through the book of Ephesians, and we are in chapter two of Ephesians, and I've come to verse eleven, where Apostle Paul was describing that we are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. Now he's, he's going to remind us. Say, remember in verse eleven. Wherefore, remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh, made by hands. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That was how we were before we come to Christ. We have we have no hope. People wonder that what is the purpose of life? Many people have asked that question. What is the purpose of life? If you don't have Christ, you look like you don't know what is the purpose of being here or not at all. Is it just to raise children and just die and that's all? And then go to the lake of fire? What is the purpose of life? It is the Bible that is making us to see the purpose of life. It is this revelation Apostle Paul is showing to us that makes us to see the purpose of life. What is the purpose? Why God created human beings here? And that's what I described to you that we are to inherit all that God has created in the universes. Not for 80 years and 100 years and then people die and go to the grave. No, that was not his original plan. His plan was for human beings to live forever like he is living forever and take control of all these physical universes that he has created that thousands and millions they call it millions of stars millions of galaxies millions of planets and the scientists don't know whether these things have anything else on them because they have gone to the moon it's empty and they are empty planets like that god wanted us to populate them human beings who is created in this image physical human beings to live forever if you are going to live forever and everybody keep keep having children like that of course the whole place will be populated also but look at it, it looks like it's the death that is making the world look like it's not as populated. See, but the plan of God is that we should live forever. When he started with Adam, it's not just planning only Adam and Eve, he wanted them to multiply and also. And if they are to multiply and live forever, then they will have populated this planet and they will have moved to other planets and they have moved to other planets. But that was cut short by the other Satan introducing sin that made them to be dying and going to the grave now. But God promised that he's going to resurrect the dead and give them that eternal body again. And this program of God continues where we are going to fill the old universes. You see, that is the plan of God. But the first people, the first fools and so on and so forth, will be like angels. And we are all going to be like angels in the end. And that is the plan of God. And this is what Apostle Paul is explaining in so many words. Verse 13 of chapter 2 of Ephesians. He said, but now in Christ Jesus, you who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle of, of partition between us, that between the Jews and the Gentiles. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments, containing ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. You see, that is, God is making one new man in Christ, no more Jews and Gentiles. We are going to just be children of God, all of us. Verse 16, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. There's no more enmity between Jews and Gentiles. Verse 17, and, and he came and preached peace to you which were far off, and to them that were nigh. For through him, that is through Christ, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. We are now citizens with the, with the children of God. With the, with the old Jews, we are citizens of heaven and of the household of God. 
and we are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets jesus christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into an holy temple in the lord in whom all you also are built together for an habitation of god through the spirit what he is saying this last verse is that see god is building himself a temple no you know remember god is a spirit and his universal spirit that we feel all things but when Solomon was, when David wanted to build a temple for God, for the tabernacle, God said, What temple are you going to build me? God does not live in temples made by hand, all these stones that we build and call it a house. And they want to build one that. God said, Your seed, he told David, Your seed will build me a temple, will build me a house. And he was talking about, you know, they thought he was talking about Solomon. And so David said, Solomon should build the temple. And they built the temple, right? But see, the seed God was talking about was the seed of David, which was Christ. And the temple God is building. When Jesus Christ came, Jesus Christ gave them a, a parable. He said, destroy this temple. And they were thinking, he was talking of the physical temple in Jerusalem that he was talking inside that temple on that day. But he was telling them like a parable. He said, they said, what is your sign? He said, destroy this temple. In three days, I will raise it up. He was talking about his body. The temple of God. Because God is inside him. It's wherever God dwells is the temple of God. So that's why the Bible says, the Bible says, we, individual of us, we are temples of God also. Because God is living inside us by the Holy Ghost. Now, as God is living inside us, we individually become temple of God. Like Jesus Christ said on that day in Jerusalem, when he told them, like he provided, he said, destroy this temple. He was pointing to himself. They were thinking he was pointing to the temple that inside the building he was standing he said destroy this temple and in three days i will i will raise it up he was talking about his body will be raised up three days later and that fulfill itself that is the temple that god is dwelling now god is now making we christians to become temple of god so that god is living inside us by the holy ghost that is given inside us so all of us together with christ being the head become a whole uh, what you call temple he said that we are living stones we are like stones but living stones that are building a temple for god christ being the head and we are the body so god is filling the whole corporate body of christ from head to toe with his spirit and that is the temple that he's talking about here that we are like temple of god not that we are like we are temple of god that has been built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets jesus christ himself being the chief cornerstone in verse 20 in christ they say in whom all the building that's a that's a what do you call it figurative building fitly framed together grow it unto an holy temple in the lord that is we all believers christ christians at the end of the world we are like at the, we are the feet and up to the head christ is the head when it started and then all the church, all the believers from that time are feeling, are feeling all this body, arms, legs, belly, and thighs until the feet. And the feet is the end of the world. And we are the end of the world. We are part of that feet. As stones that are making this temple, this literally a figurative temple of God, that God is filling every one of them with the Holy Spirit. That's why He's filling everyone in this church, the Holy Spirit of God. So that's why the Apostle Paul is saying that we are built upon the foundation of apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together, goeth unto an holy temple in the Lord. So we are holy temple in the Lord, the, the whole corporate body of Christ 
is temple is a temple for God. Why every individual one of us is also a temple of God because God is living inside of each individual of us, and the whole corporate become like a, a big temple made of living stones, and Christ being the head. In Omar also, ye also are built together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. That was the end of chapter 2. And Apostle Paul is making us to see that we are actually the temple that God was referring to when he said, Your seed shall be me a temple. And that is the seed. This Christ is that seed. And we are the temple God has built, that Christ has built for God. And that is why in the new Jerusalem that is coming, there is no temple there. Christ and the saints are the temple where God is dwelling. And there's no need for a building that looks like you have to go to this building to worship. No, we, we, God is inside us. That's why when we, anywhere we are, we can worship Him right there. We don't need to go to a building. Why do you have churches there? That is just a place, assembly where people can meet, like fellow people of like-minded, encouraging one another, worshiping together. But wherever you find yourself, you can worship God. In my house, I worship God every day. And you are expected to do that daily, to worship the Lord daily. See, that is exactly what God expects. We are His temple and He is inside us. And we are to say that Christ was telling that woman at the well in Samaria, He said, From now on, they that worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Not in this temple, they over there, Jerusalem. Not on a mountain over there. Everybody run to the mountain. Everybody run to this building and say, God is in that church, in that building. No, God is in you when you are born again. So you can worship God anywhere. But you still need to fellowship with one another. Yeah, that's the work local churches. Encouraging one another. Say, iron sharpens iron. Encouraging one another as you see the day approaching. The Bible says we shouldn't forsake the assembly of ourselves together because it is necessary. God, God delights in relationship. You can't be a silo just living by yourself on a, on a mountain, not talking to anybody. No. God wants to have relationship. God wants us to have relationship one with another. That's why, that's why He created us. We are, we are human, we are, we, are, we, are, we are beings that need relationship one with another. We need one another because I don't sharpen our eyes. Because just like you see a ball in the body of any human being, we have arms, we have legs, we have eyes, we have noses. Every part of our body needs the other part. The leg can say, I can go by myself, I don't need the eye. No, the leg needs the eye. The brain that is controlling everything is coordinating all those things. See? And Christ is our head, is the head of the church. So we need one another also as members of the body of christ you may say well i can read bible myself i don't need to go to church i don't need a teacher i don't need a preacher all of those are pride you know god does not delight in pride god resisted the proud god said we have to fellowship one with another god wants us to be brothers in the like a family see in a family you, the firstborn can say i don't need all these other siblings what do they need they get out of this house no they can't so christ needed us we needed him so every member of the member of the family are important so the same way is all the members of our body the toes the big toes can say i don't need this little toe cut it off no yeah, every part is very important you must even the nails that look like what are they doing there they are they are serving a purpose so in so in short what you are saying is that we individually we are members of the body of christ and we needed one another, we need the fellowship, we need the relationship one with another. That's why God said we should not forsake the assembly of ourselves together. As expected, as we see the day approaching when Christ is coming, we need to love one another, we need to encourage one another, that is part of the plan of God and the lifestyle of believers. And that is what Apostle Paul is also saying, that we are 
build it together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. So the Spirit of God is flowing through every one of us, but not every individual we have all the manifestation of this Spirit. He said to one, you have eye, to the other one you have ear, to the other one you have feeling, to the other one you... So that's why even the the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Ghost that we see in the book of First Corinthians, somebody can say, I have all the nine, I don't need everybody else. No, you only have some part of it and you may need the other part that the other person has even in the gifts of healing god it has been noticed right now that many believers many prophets many teachers many evangelists that go about preaching one may have the gifts of healing that is healing the gifts of healing he has only heal this kind of diseases but not that kind of diseases another minister may have the same another gift of healing that's only one kind of disease and not another kind of disease but some of us can believe the word of god together and we can get our healing basically he distributed these gifts as he wills he distributed these manifestations to individual as he wills so that no one can say i don't need the other person i have everything i need no you need one another that's why he put apostles evangelists pastors and teachers in the church you get that get to that in Ephesians chapter 4 when Apostle Paul was talking about the fact that God has put all these ministries in the church to build his body to identify the body of Christ now we're going to go to chapter 3 of Ephesians now Apostle Paul is still praying for these believers and his prayer is for all of us too verse 1 for this cause I Paul the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you all, that is, he's trying to, he's telling us that God gave him all this revelation, not for him alone, not for him to just enjoy, I know better than all of you, no, it's to teach us. That's why God showed it to him to teach others. Everything that he's I'm teaching and the Lord revealed to me, so I can teach it to other people. So that when you know it, you make people to be, to be, to humble yourself before God and to want to move closer to God and to want to know more and God can see that he can teach you more so that you can teach other people so that people will know he said that you, the knowledge of him is what makes us to love him more that makes us to want to be like him that makes us to want to imitate him more he said that we are to be imitators of Christ but that's how only if we know how Christ is not so if we know how he lives not just the story we read in the in the gospel that's that's summarizing all the what he did but how we should live our life that was not described he has to be showing to us through the holy spirit and we are to be imitators of that as we know him more that's why apostle paul says praying that our eyes be enlightened so that we may know the hope of his calling that also that we may let me see how he said it in that Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 he said that our eyes of understanding be enlightened that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory of his inheritance in the saints and in verse 17 he said that God may give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. It's the knowledge of him that is teaching us, that is telling us to teach others. So that when we know him more, we will behave more like him. Now let's continue in chapter 3 that I'm reading. Ephesians chapter 3. I'll go to verse 3 now. Apostle Paul said, if you are part of my of the grace of God that was given to me, how by the by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words. See the mystery he was telling is what I've been describing in chapter one and chapter two. That's what Apostle Paul is saying. God make it known to Apostle Paul. This mystery that whereby ye when you read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Verse 4. 
So he said, when you read this, is this letter, he said, you understand his knowledge as Apostle's knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That's why God is revealing it through the apostles so that we can know about it. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So the Gentiles should be fellow heirs, not just the Jews. See, the Jews all along they thought it's only Israel God is interested in, but they didn't know what God was going to do with other nations of the world because they couldn't understand it. But Apostle Paul, through his letter, was now revealing that this is actually the plan of God from the beginning when he was when God told Abraham that through thy seed the whole world will be blessed. That was what God had in mind through the Messiah. Jesus Christ, the whole world we know about God, the true God, and He will save the whole world as many as receive Him, and the whole world will be blessed in that we will be brought back into the glory of God that Adam lost. And this thing that we have been describing, we are going to inherit God. That is the plan of God, it's not just for the Hebrews or the Jews, it's for the whole world, Gentiles also. And that's what Apostle Paul said that God was revealing to Apostle Paul to us, verse 6 that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs that is we are going to be fellow heirs of all god inheriting god also not just the jews alone we are going to inherit god just like the jews we inherit god and of the same body and partakers of his promise in christ by the gospel whereof i was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of god given unto me by the effectual working of his power unto me apostle paul is talking about himself who am less than the least of all sins is trying to be humble is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ? So, Apostle Paul was the one that knew more about the revelation. He has written it down to Hebrews, in the book of Hebrews, in the book of Ephesians, in the book of uh, Colossians. The letter was written to the church to make us understand the mystery of Christ. And verse said, And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Now you see, Jesus Christ created all things. Say, God created all things by Jesus Christ. So people thought that Jesus Christ was just came, he was created when he became a baby, or when he came as a baby. No, his going forth has been from of old, from everlasting. He just put on a human flesh and come and live among us. And at 30 year old, at 30 year old, he was crucified for us and shed his blood for this for this for this for the sin of mankind. And he came back and put on his body and went back to glory. It is God that manifested as man. That's what Apostle Paul was trying to was making us to see here when he said first nine that to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which was which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God. Who created all things by Jesus Christ? See, God created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. God wanted the old principalities and powers to see what God is doing. All the principalities that God created, the spirits, the angels, and so on, they will see what mystery God is doing through mankind, what God planned for mankind. Verse 11 according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in christ jesus our lord so he has already planned this eternally before even anything started in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by the faith of him wherefore i decide that ye faint not at my tribulations for you which is your glory 
For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. So Apostle Paul kept on praying that we believers will be strengthened with might, spiritual might by God, by God's spirit in, in the in our inner man. Our inner man is our spirit. So when we are strengthened, we will be strong, health, healthy, and also be able to stand against every wiles of the devil. Because what the devil did to Eve and Adam was just to throw some ideas to make them doubt what God said. And then they fell for, for, for Satan. They fell for the doubt, I don't believe. Until they dragged the old marriage into, into death and hell. But God has come through the Lord Jesus Christ to re and we are redeemed. So now he's, Apostle Paul is praying that our spirit will be strengthened with might by the Spirit of God in us, in the inner man, that our inner man will be strengthened that we shall not fall for any trick of the devil like that. We shall not fall for any snares of the devil like that. Because Christ in us is holding us firm till the end. He's able to save us to the other most. What the Bible says? Verse 17. He's, Apostle Paul is praised. He's saying that, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That we that he being rooted and grounded in love. Now I'm going to come back to talk about this love. Like he mentioned love because God himself is love. And he's going to tell us exactly that that is really what God is going to plant inside us. The love of God has shed upon into our hearts. It's going to be the kingdom of love. This is what God is creating. Not kingdom of vengeance, hatred, fighting one another. It's kingdom of love. God himself is love. Verse 18 said, May, that through that when we are being root, grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all things what is the breadth and length and depth and that is we know everything that we need to know about this mystery of god and to know the love of christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of god that is pray that we be filled with the fullness of god now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think According to the power that walketh in us, unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So, Apostle Paul in chapter 3 there was more or less praying that all his converts and we that are reading these letters, we understand this revelation that God has shown to him so that we understand it, we make us know God more. So, the spirit of wisdom and revelation be given to us so that we can know him more know God more, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of His plan of God. What is this plan? What is this purpose? Why are we here? Why did God create us here? That is all these things that have been explained. That God has made, is creating all human beings here to inherit us so that we can inherit Him. We are to inherit all that He has created in the universes. And He's going to say we are inheriting Him because He's going to He's handing everything over to us. And He has started with one man Christ, which is God Himself, come before man flesh, and this Christ is the head of all things that He is creating, and it is inside that Christ that He is like the program manager of the whole universe, and He is God Himself that manifests as human being as the program manager of the whole universe. God said He is bringing all things together into one, under one person, under Christ, and He gave us a type, a type in Old Testament through Joseph in Egypt. It's a type of that. He also gave us another type of that in the book of Daniel, where the where Daniel was made to be president of the kingdom of Persia, and the king wanted to make Daniel to be over all things. 
but the other people didn't like it. They threw down in the lion's den, but God delivered it. So it's a type of the Messiah coming to inherit all things that God created on earth. And he's calling us to be part of it. That's what he's calling you to be. Part of what God has created is we are going to inherit all things that God has created on this in this universe. And that is the plan of God from the ages. It's not something he just cooked up recently. It is what he planned before even he created Adam. It is what he planned before everything. Not that uh, people thought, well, maybe the devil just you know just interrupted God's plan. It is part of the but God has this plan. Even the devil was part of the plan that God is going to allow the devil to do that. Why did you say that? Because God already given mankind six days in Genesis chapter 1. Did you see? Genesis chapter 1, when he said he created man in six days, it's a prophecy that God is giving mankind 6,000 years. And that 6,000 years is what the the kingdom of darkness is ruling right now through human beings. The kingdom of darkness is ruling it like beast kingdom. That's what you see in the book of Daniel. And that is what he was prophesying. But in the seventh day, God said he will rest because he's going to bring forth his kingdom, his own kingdom of Christ. And that was also prophesied in the book of Daniel, telling us that God has a plan for the seven day, one thousand year reign. And that is what is coming up. If we go and read the book of Revelation, chapter 20. So we are bringing chapter 20 of Revelation, Genesis chapter 1, the book of Daniel, chapter 7, and chapter 2. We are making tying them together to make you to see the picture of that God actually planned this thing from the foundation of the world. That is how it's going to be. And you see, because God knows the end from the beginning. Everybody knows that. Yes, He's making us to understand it. So that we can surrender to him and love him more and tell others to come and yield to this salvation of christ come and be partaker of it before it is too late that's what we are telling people that are that are hearing that are not christians come and be partaker of it and when you are a believer that is listening to me yield yourself to christ don't partake of the sins that will drag you back into the kingdom of darkness because that's the plan of devil to drag you back into the kingdom of darkness but no as for me and my house i will serve the lord we are determined to follow Christ till the end. Till the end. He said, He that endure to the end, the same shall be saved. That end will be whether they cut your head off because you are following Christ, or you die, no man died because of or you wait till Christ come and you, you are standing firm till the end and it takes you in the rapture. Whichever is your Lord. The Bible says, He that endure to the end, don't, don't fear persecution. He that endure to the end, don't deny Christ. Even in the days of uh, Antichrist, Israel has come when they, nobody will be able to buy or sell unless they take the mark of the beast. Don't deny Christ. He that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. It is worth it all. This kingdom Christ is bringing, this inheritance that we are inheriting in God is worth it all. It's worth dying for. That is exactly what he is making us to see and I am telling you the same thing. Stand firm and the Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. But let me just read some few Bible verses again. Of chapter 4. Apostle Paul said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation where which you are called. You see what I was just saying? I was saying just now that this kingdom of God, this inheritance that we are inheriting in God, when God said, He that overcomes shall inherit all things, it is worth it all, my friend. It is worth dying for. It is worth laying our life down for. That I will not deny Christ, though, though the jihadists wanted to cut my head off, they wanted to behead me. I will not deny Christ because this eternal kingdom we are talking about is worth dying for. It is worth it all. He say it is a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of righteousness. We are inheriting all things. When we shall be appearing and disappearing, you want to go to Jupiter, you just appear there by the speed of your thought. You want to go to Mars to see a friend there, you just appear there. 
not like aeroplanes still carrying us for hours right now that that time we shall appear and disappear that is the plan of god he actually purposes for mankind adam just lost that glory but christ has brought it back and he's going to be living inside us christ inside us is going to make us have that glory back he's already living inside with other believers you that is listening to me if you're not a believer call upon him right now let him change your life ask him to come and take control of your life and so that you can be born again praise this prayer along with say lord jesus i confess you are my lord i believe you died for me on the cross and that you are resurrected by the power of the holy ghost come and take over my life I surrender to you, Lord Jesus. Make me a new creature in Christ Jesus so that I can be a particle of this inheritance of the saints in life. Thank you, Father. And I'm going to pray for any of you that are having some troubles you are going through. Jesus Christ said, if we ask anything in His name, He will do it. So I'm going to pray for you. If you have sickness in your body right now, lay your hand upon the part of your body that is hurting. Father, I pray for all the people that are listening to me right now in the radio land. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I command the spirits of sickness and disease to come out of them and enter them no more in the name of Jesus Christ. I say so, all you spirits of sickness and disease that are causing pains or affliction or sickness of what kind, come out of this world and listen to me. And enter them no more in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. That is it, friends. You are healed. Believe it. Say it with your mouth. Say, I am healed. And begin to thank the Lord. Just lift up your hand and thank the Lord right now. Say, Father, I thank you for healing me. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. Say, thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. Say it again. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for healing me. By His right, we were healed. By the sons of Lord Jesus Christ on the cross, you were healed. Amen.